keep the body in good health is a duty. Otherwise, we shall not be able to keep our mind strong and clear. That is a quote by Buddha. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 24. Our topic this week is reproduction through oriental medicine. My guest this week is Dr. Denicia Hilton. Dr. Hilton is a doctor of oriental medicine, certified in oriental reproductive medicine. She is a podcast host and speaker. She loves saving uteruses and making babies as a holistic period and fertility strategist. Dr. Hilton partners with women struggling with menstrual cycle disorders and diminished fertility. She helps women to feel empowered in learning more about herself, learning what she needs, and giving herself what she needs to have a better relationship with herself and her cycle to have the healthy baby she once only dreamed about. Welcome, Dr. Hilton. Hello, Denicia. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> it's been an awesome day so far. Okay, great. Well, let's let's get right into things. This is going to be very um, educational for myself, but you are a holistic doctor. Can you tell us more about what you do? Yeah, so um, my training is as a doctor of oriental medicine and acupuncture physician. Um, and then I specialize in got board certified in oriental reproductive medicine. So all of that like jargon and everything just basically means that <laughs> I help women with um, women's health issues. So gynecology, um, where they might have menstrual cycle problems or um, even fertility issues. And then also for pregnancy support. And I use acupuncture and um, elements of oriental medicine, functional medicine, lifestyle, all that kind of stuff to help them with, you know, like what it is that they're having their issues with. So um, they pretty much end up with having more regular cycles, not interfering with their days. Um, And then for some that they're able to be able to say like, oh, we're actually pregnant and yay, then here's our baby. So (laughs) in a nutshell, that's what I do. Okay. So what made you decide to take this career path vice just a regular OBGYN? I fell in love with um, the Eastern medicine in general is built around understanding that we all have our own path that we're walking, right? And so because of that, there are certain things that our actions that we take, um, our past experiences, um, all lead up to how we're physically presenting ourselves. So my 
I, this, my most favorite part is because, and this is where I say um, it's holistic, like I'm a holistic period and fertility strategist, is because it's taking those elements of your life and combining and connecting them so that we can see how it is that you've led up to what I'm seeing in the present. Now, that doesn't mean that it doesn't change. Um, that's the whole point of me working with you, right? It just means that we're getting an idea, painting a picture, like, okay, so something from childhood could be coming up right now or something about what you're eating or how you're eating or are there some nutrients that you're missing what are some thought processes some emotions that you're not expressing properly um and then they're all lending towards how it is that you're presenting yourself physically so by going this route um i'm able to really explore and have fun and really take part with the women that i work with um in a way that like I prefer a slower pace, um, slower pace practice. And because I just want, I just have created this space where you can just be free and open and I'm listening and I'm, I'm hearing you. And then we're working through, okay, you know, your life and everything. And so I felt, I felt like going this route was best for me to be able to really help somebody to see that they can position themselves for their own body to just, to, get in a place where it can heal itself. And I'm more of your guide in that whole process. Okay. So you say you do acupuncture and some other things of, as far as related to the oriental medicine, mm -hmm. but it also sounds like you're kind of a, a bit of a therapist as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, our teachers used to tell us, um, and our teachers are telling us this because it's like all passed down, right? Like from the founder of our school who got it from his teacher that um, it's that the Chinese, like Chinese medicine is in the life, right? So if you are, say for instance, you're having trouble in your relationship with your partner and you're not feeling like you can express yourself, your body is going to express itself. So in some way, shape or form, right? And so um, that process of like you suppressing emotions will show up and it'll, it, and I get to see like, okay, how is this showing up for her, right? Um, for some it's in digestion, for some it's in period cramps, um, it's some um, it's in clotting, like it, it will show itself in different ways. But really if, if you're not expressing yourself. And so then now I have this space, right? Like to now we get to explore. Why is it that you're not expressing yourself? Like, is it a fear that they're going to leave? Um, but then sometimes it's even just a, they grew up not being heard. So that, so she wasn't even really in a position to learn that she can express herself and that she was valued and what she had to say was valued. And so then now we get to work on that. Right. And so <laughs> So it's like, yeah, we're using the herbs, we're using everything else, but to really move her in that spot where she feels inspired and and really confident in that, yes, you do have emotions, you have something that's very important and you need to express it and let's just figure out how we can express that in a healthy manner. And to kind of, you know, walk her through that process, especially if it's something new for her. Um and then it's going to be new for the partner too, right? So now we got to work on that um, in their response 
to now expressing yourself. And sometimes the stories that we tell, the stories that we write, write that'll create our anxiety. <laughs> it's, hmm. it's just that it's stories that we write. We don't have, we have no idea that person, like, you know, be, all because you didn't say anything because you were like, I, I don't want them to be mad. I don't want them to leave. And, you know, but then all, all of a sudden you just feel like you're supported enough to express yourself in a healthy way. And they're, before you know it, all of a sudden that other, your partner could be like, oh, okay, cool. And so you worked yourself up and told yourself all these stories. <laughs> <laughs> but really now, and that's only one step, right? So then you get to explore like, where else are you not expressing yourself? And expressing yourself is a, is a part of our wood element. Because we, I use um, the five elements in Chinese medicine, and so the, you want the energy flow to continue from each element. They each serve a purpose in your in your life. And so, when I see a lot of women that are um, that are not expressing themselves in a healthy way, or they're suppressing some emotions, that um, typically shows up in that wood element. And then, but you, you have some that'll complain, say for instance, um, they get angry during the time that it's PMS. Um, so PMS meaning premenstrual. So it's before the actual bleed, right? Most of the time the symptoms will pop up in the last half of the cycle itself. So probably like one to two weeks prior to the bleed. Um, but they'll report like they're just angry and they're irritable. And then I have to ask them, so tell me what happened. Like, what did you experience that you didn't really say what it was that you needed to say? Or you, and they, you get the answers from them. And then it's more of a supporting her to be able to do that. Hmm. So that's interesting. So having cramps, so that's not just hereditary or something that you say, oh, this is something I had all my life. Are you saying that more often than not, it's attributed to not expressing yourself or is it really um, true what I've always thought that, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, if your mother had, you know, heavy periods and cramps, you would have them too. Which one is it? So I love this question Um, (laughs) because I go around and this is why I love you know, being able to come on platforms such as yours, because there is a huge difference between what is a healthy menstrual cycle and what society has accepted as normal. And so people tend to misconstrue, but normal really means that they see it that much and that often that they're like, oh, this is just the norm. But it doesn't mean that it's healthy. And so from the from the perspective of Eastern medicine, a healthy cycle would be limited to no cramps and it would be bright, fresh blood, like moderate flow. There's no spotting before or after or in the middle of the cycle itself. Um, so it's, it's seen as an uneventful process. Um, however, what we see is the cramping the heavy bleeding, the clotting, the fibroids, the endo, the PCOS, amenorrhea, meaning no period at all. Um, and so because of the prevalence of those and then also the prevalence of the complaints, 
it's not seen as something is a, like something is awry within her body system. So um, that's where we might resort to um, hormonal birth control um, or um, even worse than, oh, this happens. Here's a heating pad. Here, drink some tea. And it's kind of like just swept under the rug, right? Now you're asking if, if it's like, okay, my, is it pa- like it's passed down? It's hereditary. Um, whereas I'm also saying there's a mental and emotional component to it. And the thing is, is that actually both of those are the same. So mm. it is in my perspective, in my eyes. So if you um, may have explored or learned more about um, your family, there might be an incidence, yes, of fibroids, or there might be an incidence of um, clotting and heavy bleeding hysterectomies really early, right? But the thing is, is that sometimes people don't actually consider that this quote-unquote heredity might actually be just things that we have traumas that we have carried and it's been passed down. Um, It could be like social, like social skills that were passed down. Um, So if you were, if your mom was even in, in say an environment, a family environment where you hear this a lot, like you're, you're the kid, you just listen to what I'm telling you to do. And then that's it. So you never really learned to one, identify what it is that you like and you didn't like, and then two, how to express that. So instead, you were just told, let me just take whatever somebody's telling me to do, and then I just do it. But meanwhile, you're growing, as you're growing, you're not like, you lose your core being, you come out of alignment of your true self. Or say, for instance, it was a family that generations get kind of just it all happened like everybody you were told this is what you this is what our family does our family just does this and so you've accepted it subconsciously as that's the pattern versus like okay I can actually make a conscious decision for myself and thereby change my own thought patterns and my own emotional connections and attachments and then your own physical presentation which be different then there's still the aspects of, yes, um, nutritional components. So how is your eating the same or different than, say, your family? Um, we have, there's discussion about the quality of food being um, lower as far as nutritional content goes um, and whatnot. But then also just the availability of the different types of foods that don't that are not necessarily nutrient dense. And so it's, it's that you're not getting these micronutrients that you would need in order for the hormones to produce, in order for the hormones to communicate to each other in a well manner. Um, also in, in cases, especially of fertility too, um, egg health is diminished, endometrial lining is diminished. And so then therefore you might have recurring miscarriages. You might have, you might not even be able to ovulate at all. Um, so it's like the reproductive side is just saying like, we, we aren't, you got to think basic, basic, basic humans. The body's saying we're under a lot of stress right now. I'm not going to be bothered by trying to reproduce. And so the menstrual cycle in and of itself can be thrown off. And then um, 
it's a matter of like, you know, let me just explore these, let me explore these causes. Let me not just put band-aids on it. Let me explore these causes. So if there were incidences of, um, incidences of, you know, yeah, we have, I, my family members, it's more of what do you identify with? Like, how are you identifying and why are you identifying? Do you just accept it because that's just what you've been told that we, our family just has a history of fibroids. Mm, I think your family has a history of other things and the fibroids are a physical representation of that. Hmm. So can't, is stress actually um, a cause of what you're seeing as well? Oh, definitely. But see, then uh, now you have people exploring like what's stress, stress, mm. you know what I mean? Like, and, and stress is, is subjective. It is definitely subjective and unique to you because we all are. So like, that's one of my biggest things is this is your, this is your journey. This is your path. Right. So that means that whatever you come in with is not going to be the same as what somebody else is going to come in with. Right. So mm. that also means that your um, terrain if you will. So your, your, your makeup, your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual bodies, your, your terrain, it can be built to be supported and will last you long time. Right. Or it's going to be feeling like it's repeatedly under stress and therefore the bodily systems are going to try. It's going to continue to try to deal with that stress. And, it has to, it's, as it's doing that, other systems are not able to operate or function well. For instance, digestion. Um, so you have digestion and you have reproductive um, systems. They're opposite of the part of the nervous system that deals with stress. So our bodies are meant to be able to handle stress, but only for short term. And, but what happens is that we're constantly, people are putting themselves in these environments where they're constantly under stress. So now our body's norm, new norm is that we're under stress a lot. And then now we have a bunch of issues with digestion. We, and we have a bunch of issues with menstrual cycles and fertility. Um, but anything can be stressful to somebody. So me simply walking across a single, like a two lane street can be stressful, but then to somebody else, that's easy. But what's stressful to them is jumping off a 50 foot cliff. Mm. So it's like, it, you know, it's person to person and really seeing like, you know, what is it that is stressing me? And then it takes, you have to like, I encourage, um, I encourage everybody to just kind of, you got to sit there and be honest with yourself. And I do, I ask questions a lot. Um, and I even ask questions to myself. And actually what I'll do, and it works really well if you're a meditator, um, is that you can ask the higher self to come, like you're, you're asking your higher self. And you can ask these questions and literally just write out the first thing or that comes. Or... Um, you can hear it sometimes. It's the first thing that comes and it can be very quiet and faint. Um, but that's usually your, that's your gut. Like that's your intuition. 
And then the long, the more you ask that question, the ego now has stepped in. And so now the ego has begun to fabricate stories. And so, <laughs> but really you, you have an answer of what is causing you to be uneasy or what might be causing anxiety for you. Um, and then if you keep pushing through that, then you want to ask, why do you keep pushing through that? Like, is it something that you thought you had to do? Like, think about the things that we celebrate. We celebrate people being busy. We celebrate people being in, in this organization, that organization. We celebrate you putting everybody else first before yourself. True. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it's, and, and I hate to say, you know, don't have stress because we all have stress, <laughs> <laughs> but what are some things we can do, you know, short of limiting stress and what are there foods or exercises or things we can do? Because I'm I'm actually curious. So if a woman, let's say was told, all her life, she could never conceive, but she started, for a lack of a better term, taking care of herself um, better. Could that be reversed? And then she ends up con- conceiving. Yes, and here's the big component with that: what you, the example you presented, she was told that she could not conceive or have children, right? And mind you, these are cases where it's not like, you know, if it was somebody that was born without ovaries or without a uterus. So I'm thinking about those that don't have the physical, physical um, pieces that need to be there. But let's say that's what she was told. Here's the, the big key thing about that. Now she, now you involve what she believes in. So. Now you've involved um, an emotional attachment to that of which of which she believes in, and so she could have been told that, and then now has this whole thought process linked in an emotional attachment linked to that. So up until that um, time, like either she has already adopted some belief systems and didn't realize it. But then let's just say that she does physically start to um, say she's like, she's going to incorporate some more vitamin D. Um, She heard that helps with uh, fertility or, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to have some more selenium. I heard that that helps too. Um, Maybe I'll take this um, dung quieter because I heard that that helps. Um, And then I'm going to not have, I'm going to reduce the amount of sugar that I'm eating or refined um, white bread. I'm going to do that too. Um, All of those are great to a certain point. So then if she's still on, if she's still not successful, it's because she didn't actually really go through the mental, emotional and the thought processes. So she could have squashed, it and then just subconsciously she's still not in alignment with what she believes that she can do and so sometimes it takes addressing that and bringing that to the forefront um and having her to adopt a different thought pattern so we might think 
fertility um, and then only thinking about a baby. But there's other elements to this. Um, and that is that you, uh, you can be pregnant with ideas and then birthing that idea. Now, I say that because when I'm talking with these women and, and um, they might be, you know, they come in already like, I've done this, I've done that, like I've seen this person, I, I read this blog and it said to do to take vitamin C and I did that. Um, but the thing is, is that when we start talking to each other, um, I, I start to see that she doesn't really know, she hasn't really come to herself. So she doesn't, and, and even then when I start to invite her to come into herself and to really get to know herself and what she likes, Start doing things that you feel are creative because pregnancy, like birth, birth, uh, conception, pregnancy and birth are all, it's all a creative process. And so in other ways in her life, is she being creative? Are there other things where she's stagnant? And so how can you support that? Like sometimes it's even just saying like, are you telling, so you're telling me that you actually really like to do xyz but you're not doing it well yeah because um i got sidetracked like i started doing this for my husband or my mom this happened or i said okay well that's that's fine but now that we're aware that was something that you used to love to do what if we, what can you do now to incorporate it and so in a way we're using that creative energy we're we're activating that creative energy flow and she's feeding into herself and then she's allowing others to feed into her because another part of this and you got to imagine like it's just anatomy you have to be receptive so if you're constantly focused on giving to somebody else where are you receiving so you've hmm. created a, a misalignment in the energy flow so you're focused more on giving 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 and you're not receiving so maybe you're not really receiving even the sperm. You're not receiving hmm. and that your home, your home being the uterus is even receptive for growth because you haven't like taken that to receive, meaning allowing others to feed into you and then for you to most importantly be feeding into you. That makes so much sense to me. And it's, it's, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, the things that you're saying are some of the things that I say to people who want to set goals or talking about leadership. And it's all about mindset. Like you said, the person was told they couldn't conceive, but it's all about what you believe and how you feel. And that passes through your body. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's very, very interesting. And I, I don't think we as women, I guess, put thought, all that kind of thought into it because we think, okay, we're a woman, we should be able con to conceive and some people can conceive easier than others. So I don't think that's because I have two children and that has never been a thought process of mine as far as my internal and mental and spiritual well-being. I just never connected all of that with the whole fertility process. So 
this is very interesting to me. Ah. <laughs> great. <laughs> Good to hear. Like, yeah, it's, I, I mean, and that's, this is, I, I think, like our whole conversation, um, our flowversations is what I call them. <laughs> I'm like, they um, are really important, especially as you're talking to those that are in that, you know, the leadership role. And frankly, I believe we're all leaders. Um, because by one of my most favorite definitions of a leader is putting one person first. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to put yourself first. It's and and that the way that you exude your leadership, you know, that varies person to person. But I mean the basics of it is really to be first. Mm-hmm. And um I think like we have come sometimes uh, this is something that I, I realized too, is that I feel like these pressures, especially stemming from um, say the feminist movement. So these pressures of, we have to be like a man. Um, we, we want the wage that they get. We want um, the jobs that they have. <clears throat> it was like, Okay, let's add on to what women carry, but it wasn't. There's not a discussion of how do you divvy up the other other roles and responsibilities that she also had. So you just added for this quote unquote equality. Um, whereas I see that we are by nature we're not e- like we're not equal. Like there's the masculine, there's the feminine, there's the feminine that's within masculine, and then there's the masculine within feminine. So we have elements of each of those, and then we're in a position to to call upon that when we need to. But when you start to really predominate in one side, that's where the body's like, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like <laughs> now it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And and it it we end up with disease i mean like women have autoimmune disorder disorder um diagnoses way more than men do and i really feel like it's because it's a lot of the pressure and a lot of the stress that's put on women and that is even self-imposed and is even judged by other women and so that this one of the things that I really encourage is this like is a support, right? Is a support of of other women in that you if you need to take some time for yourself, take some time for yourself. It's completely okay. You don't have to be Instagram perfect, like <laughs> or Pinterest perfect, right? Like it's that state of comparing and in the state of comparing and trying to be like others, you have lost yourself in the way. And so wow. when you can sit and and be with you and you ask me like what's something that you can do to sit and be with you it can simply be to meditate 10 to 15 minutes in the morning time. And yeah. it, you know like meditation simply is just monitoring the breath being in the present being in the empty space between thoughts. It's as simple as that. Some might need some help with a guided um, you know, to be able to, before they might be able to do it on their own at the drop of a hat, and that's okay. So that's why there are those that can do guided meditations. Um, 
But I mean, it's simple as that that can really help you to calm your nervous system, calm that excitatory um, side of your nervous system. And doing that allows these other, like the other components to really come and do their work, to really allow the microbiome and our bacterial um, systems and our digestive tract for them to start to actually be able to produce the better bacteria that's for us than the ones that's not, (laughs) you know? Um, it's also, if you're really not comfortable with doing something, don't do it. Like, don't do it. You're going to create internal stress from forcing yourself to do it. And I think that's that's a good lesson for all of us for, for anything, not just for fertility purposes. And it took me a long time to get to that point. Mm-hmm. To just say, you know what, I don't want to do this, so I'm not. and Yes, I'm going to take time for myself because for years I felt guilty and I felt, oh, I should be doing something. I need to work. Then my head, then I had kids and it was like, oh, let me, you know, do this for my kids. I should be spending time with my kids. I should be doing this, this and that. Now that my kids are teenagers, I am more into, okay, they're self-sufficient. Now I can take this time and sit back and like you said, get into myself and just sit back if I do nothing but just inhale and exhale for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. That's something I can do. And it really makes me feel a lot better than what I did before. It, it helps me to release some of the stress that I may have been, you know, holding on to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, Denise, and there, Denise, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, go, I'm sorry. I was, I'm just, I know you said you have a patient to see. So I was just yeah. trying to be considerate of the time. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. And I, there's just one thing that you said that I, I'm, I really feel like some moms need to hear this. And um, because you said that it was when your kids got older and are more self-sufficient. And for those that have the children that are younger, you actually do have the time to take for yourself. You have to create it. So as long for as long as you condition yourself to believe that you won't be able to do things for yourself until they are older, until they're in school, until they're in daycare, guess what? You won't be able to do it until that happens. So if you adopt a different mindset in that I can actually do this for myself, even while they're one month old then you will create that environment for you to be able to take care of yourself. And here's the kicker. Because you did that, you're actually going to be in a much better state for yourself and then actually for your baby. Because the more internal stressed you are, you think it's internal, but actually babies pick up on it. So sometimes moms will complain to me about um, breast milk production. And really, it's because she's stressed out. And there's all these stress hormones in the milk. The baby doesn't want that. So they may actually may not be nursing as much because it changes the taste of the milk. So they're picking up on your energy. And it's like, if you can just really, really look at and create the space for yourself, involve whoever you have to in order for you to do that and not feel guilty about it, because really it's just going to help you on a day to day. I wish I had known you when my children were small (laughs) for you to tell me that I could, you know, take time for myself and I didn't have to feel guilty about it, that I could make that time because 
now looking back, I'm thinking, yeah, I, I probably could have done a lot of things to make that time for myself. But now you can help other moms do that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm, I am going to let you go without doing my question. What? No way. <laughs> You pride me for it. I'm like, we gotta do it. What are the okay? (laughs) (laughs) Because I really wanted to do them, but I was like, ooh, because I know how I feel when I go to a doctor's office and the doctor is late. (laughs) So I'm watching the clock and I'm like, all right, Denise, you just say whatever you got to say first, and then move on. (laughs) Like, okay, okay. Well, we're gonna hurry up because the questions are. That's the fun part. So let's get to the questions. Okay. Okay. Who or what motivates you? Ah, oh, spirit. <laughs> That's the first thing that came to me. Seriously, spirit in the field of unlimited potential. Okay. What demotivates you? Negative Nancy's. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? Oh, when was a time? Um... Oh, gosh. Actually, oh, somebody telling me that uh, apparently uh, something that I wore to a a networking event, she did not approve of. And (laughs) yet I was the one who landed a whole bunch of contact information. (laughs) Like it was the best networking experience for me that day. Funny. And I was like, yeah, this is interesting coming from another woman, like judging me for clothing, but not really like celebrating anything that was done, like, you know, business wise. Right. And that's an example of that whole how are you judging other women and not building other women up? Yes. Um, what is your fear? Fear of failing. Like, fear of, um, can I really help this person? Like, did I really help them? Like that kind of, yeah. The big one. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you did? Uh, yeah, there has been. Now I'm like spacing on what there's some details. Um, Cause I feel like now that I look back on it, like it all served its purpose <laughs> and mm-hmm. the timing. So maybe, maybe I really am okay with, with what, huh? No, nope, nope. There is something, there is something. Um, and that would be like, so I was um, sexually assaulted and where I thought like, oh, you know what? Like even at that moment, like I actually talked to the person the next day. And it was like, as if it was like completely shut down, like I'm making no sense and everything. And I do wish that I would have actually continued in standing up for myself and not really believing what he had to say. So, yeah. So, um, I did really believe like, you know, I was told, oh, come on, you know, like it's, you're really blowing this out of proportion. And then it's like, am I really? Like I was really, so just Mm -hmm. because of that repeating, hearing that being repeated to me makes you start to question your own feelings. And Mm -hmm. then now, now that's allowing, you know, my ego to cut stuff in. Um, But really there have definitely been times where I thought like, okay, I'm, I'm good with this, but then I'll have a trigger 
And I wouldn't have even known until some, I would have some reaction to something. And I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? And sure enough, it would, it would stem back to that. And so as something I still work on myself, um, especially if it starts coming up and then I'm aware that I'm still being impacted and affected by it. But I just oh. continue to, you know, um, continue to work on it myself. I might use craniosacral therapy um, or using herbs, um, definitely meditation and doing forgiveness ceremonies, like forgiveness of myself, especially you know, to stop beating myself up over it or feeling guilty about it. Um, and then obviously like forgiving him. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, is there a time that you wish you had not done something? I wish I had not done something. Hmm. Hmm. I can't, now that one, I'm really coming up with a blank. And I'm sitting here. Like, I wish I hadn't done. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm actually pretty content with it. Yeah. It may not have been the right decision, but like... <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What is your definition of success? Oh, my definition of success is how, like, how whole and a feeling of peace and well being within yourself were you able to maintain while serving the greater humanity? Okay. How do you recharge? Sleeping. <laughs> I love sleeping and reading. Um, and then even going by, there's a park by where I'm at that's on the water. So um, I'll just go out there. Um, sometimes if I feel like I got to dance, I'll dance. Um, like I went to a dance class this past weekend. Um, so it really varies um, as far as what my recharging is. And I've noticed that my recharge type is different based on where I'm at in my cycle. So it even took becoming aware of that. Hmm. Okay. What are you awesome at? Uh, I'm going to answer this based on what I've gotten from testimonials from people. (laughs) (laughs) um, Apparently I'm really awesome at listening and creating safe spaces for people to just talk. Like they just feel like they can, um, they feel okay talking to me and know that I'm not judging them. Um, and then I'm really, really great at putting pieces that were once disjointed um, and disconnected and actually putting them together to help, um, basically to help people like, be able to navigate their life. And then from that space, then they can become very consciously aware and of what's happening and making taking inspired action steps is what I say. Okay. What legacy do you want to leave? Legacy, legacy, legacy. Um, healthier periods. <laughs> <laughs> Girls and women having healthier periods um, and just knowing what that means to have one. Um, and so like, I would say that and then some you know, blessings of babies that women were told they otherwise wouldn't have had would be legacy. Okay. So give our listeners one motivational takeaway. Uh, Know thyself. (laughs) 
That's a good one. Sit quiet and just know thyself. And once you know thyself, then you will be able to set and establish and implement those boundaries and not allow yourself to be swayed out of what is your uh, natural alignment. Okay. So where can the listeners connect with you? Um, so you can connect with me at deniciahilton.com. Um, it's D-E-N-I-C-E-A Hilton, as in the hotel, <laughs> .com. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram um, under the Sisters of Flow handle. That's my um, podcast, my period and fertility podcast. Okay. Now, what about your practice? Uh, so my practice, you can actually get a link at the deniciahilton.com um, to, and it'll say like the, my practice there. Um, it's Holistic Reproductive Health, and it's in downtown Palm Harbor in the sunshiny state of Florida. Okay. Well, Denicia, I thank you for being here with me. Now, you need to go take care of your patients. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Drina. Have fun. Thank you. <laughs> If you're looking for a speaker for your live event or conference, go to my website and read my bio and contact me at bit.ly forward slash booktrina. I hope you have a great week. Until then, remember, if you change your mindset, you'll change your life. Keep striving. Success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.